Hey y'all, this is All Your Things Are Gone, and this week is Chris Johnson of Riff Cannon, Riff Hammer, and now Summoner fame. He's also been touring with uh, Deaf Heaven all over the world. Just a really great, sweet, honest guy. Uh, in recording, he's uh, very knowledgeable about instruments, music, runs a studio, and... Uh, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He and I worked at the Harvard Newberry Commons for a couple of years. And it was great to see him. We really love talking to him. This is all your things are going. Who all who all's in this room? Uh it's my band and then um Gold Muse. Okay. I don't know if you know them. I don't. All right. Gotcha. I mean... Gold Muse? Gold Muse. Okay, okay. Kind of like synth pop. Okay. It's pretty good. That's fine. Pretty good. Cool. There's a seltzer. I didn't get you water because okay. I'm a fucking shithead. That's okay. There's I a actually, seltzer and there's a beer there. Beer, beer, water, seltzer? I love it. I brought, I brought a water. I am. And I do have pretzels. Okay. I offer pretzels to people. I like the pretzel offer. That's good. Because, yeah, crunching into a microphone is definitely... Yes, it's helpful. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, not too much, man. How you been? I've been okay. Cheers. Good Cheers. to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah. Hey, I, ho- I, ho- I hope I have something remotely uh, entertaining to contribute. We'll I see. Think you, you know? I think you've done enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could stop now, probably, by mm-hmm, the way. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Let's just hang it up. That, yeah. The weekend was great. I say, end on a high note. That's good. Call it at that. Yeah. Hey, at least you know <laughs> when to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good call. I'm just like, you so know how you what? been? What are you, uh, crazy. Yeah, I've been good. I've been well. Um, I think the last time I saw you was like, I've it's been a long time. I think I saw you upstairs at um, uh, middle, the Middle East up there. No, or? no. Um, once. Okay. I don't know why oh. we were there. Were you playing? Oh, you That's were playing right. with uh, Sand Reckoner. That was that show. Yes, exactly. The um, Dead Meadow show. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, that was fun. That was a cool. Mm-hmm. That was a cool night. It, it, that band is really funny too because it was like that band is not a band at all. <laughs> but they had played with Dead Meadow like two years before. It was Ghost Box. Sand Reckoner, Dead Meadow, and Aaron was kind of like, let's just do the same lineup again. And we were like... Oh, you guys hadn't played? Wow. Like, year and a half or something like that, you know what I mean? So that was kind of fun and really unexpected. And then it was just like, cool, okay. So you're like a hired gun. Essentially, yeah. With that band, too, I recorded them. They didn't have a bass player. And then I was just like, oh, I figure some of this stuff out. And then Mm -hmm. I I played a couple shows with them and... It was very few and far between. And now the singer lives in, like, uh, San Diego or somewhere out there. So. Yeah, and I think uh, the other guy's playing with mm. friend, my friend Zach. Maybe. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, I went in there and jammed with them a little oh, bit. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was fun. Oh, cool. It's cool. How'd that go? Uh, it's fun. It's cool, yeah. So the drummer's got stuff in there, but he doesn't live in Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> he lives in Pennsylvania. He works for a company that I think is based in town. So he's here, like, once a month or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of like a, uh, you know... Let's jam if anybody's around, sort of thing. Where do you find the time to fucking do all this garbage? Um, I, that's Not that it's garbage. Yeah, all, but. yeah. <laughs> uh, I now don't really do anything other than all this other stuff. You yeah, know what I mean, like I'll I'll cover some shifts at the Paradise and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like, as of this last tour, like getting home from the, um, we did like a co-headliner with Baroness, which was awesome. Yeah, and then it was like, okay. Uh, that was cool, and 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 uh, you this know, is with Deaf Heaven, with Deaf Heaven, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and it went well. It, went, it was a little bit more lucrative than I think we even thought. So that That's was nice. cool. So yeah, exactly. It's not like we're making any crazy money, but it's enough where it's not like as soon as you get home from tour, it's like holy shit, I got to do something. You know what I mean? Like, 
work wise. <laughs> when did you like, when did you become like this guy that just played? Did it, you did you like cult, you cultivated some sort of well, what happened? Reputation for doing this. What shit? happened with this band is exactly what happened with Doom Riders, which is like a Brian Johnston thing. It's like when Bon Scott was out, <laughs> you know, they got the roadie, and the roadie was like, "Yeah, you're good enough. You can do it. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you got the vibe. You like kind of vibe with us." And that's exactly what happened with both bands. Like Doom Riders was going to play, and Jeb was kind of like, "I don't, I don't really know." He was, you know, he's really, really busy with tattooing and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he was kind of out. I seemed like an easy choice, I guess, because I had done a couple tours with them doing sound and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, we played Doom, uh, Doom Riders and Summoner had played and stuff, so they knew I could at least play bass. Def Heaven, on the other hand, didn't really know. They were like, yeah, like, I think they saw me pick up the bass once, and I was like... Boop, really? Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot was this of... this on when you were, doing, you were doing sound for them? Yeah, exactly, you... yeah, yeah, yeah. So we... Because we, I had done a few... I mean, the first tour I did with them, I'm trying to remember if it was 2014 or 2015, and I think it was 2014. So it was, they had like two records out, Sunbather had come out, which was like the one that, you know, garnered, got them a lot of, a lot of action, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of touring and stuff, so, and I came in and did sound at the end of the album cycle for that, and everyone was pretty worn out, it was funny, <laughs> it was like, okay, and then I did a couple more tours with them over the years, and then, um... How many, how many tours? Total. I think, like, not even all that many, but I did like that thing, I split one with Alec, um... In that band, Lesser Glow, he sings in Lesser Glow. He also right. does sound. Mm-hmm. Um, he did like the first half of a tour, and I did the second half kind of thing. Like, it would always just been kind of like shuffling it back and forth. Who mm-hmm. was going to be the guy? So, c- kind of a few things here and there, but nothing too crazy. I wasn't like I did everything in 2015 or anything. It was like I did a few tours, and then they were having a falling out with their bass player and whatever. Um, and like the drummer and one of the guitarists have another band. That other band was coming through town. I was like, oh, I'll come meet up with you guys and mix you at Bright Music Hall. And then it was like, yo, what are you doing, man? Because we're fucking having some problems with our dude right now. And kind of jokingly, they were like, you should try out, dude. Because they knew I was playing with Doom Riders and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, ah, that'd be crazy. And then went home and was like, holy, f- how do I play a 11-minute song? I've never really done that before. So like, I kind of figured one out. and then text- Play six-minute songs. Yeah, like- yeah, right, exactly, which is plenty, which yeah, is that's, plenty. That's I mean, no one needs to hit double digits. It's, it's crazy. But um, so that, that's kind of how that happened, which was... Again, I don't know, right place, right time kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then I remember texting like Carrie, the main songwriter guy, and he was like, "Well, oh, yeah, that's cool. We could probably use you f- like in a couple tours when we're ready." And then it kind of came to a head where the drummer was like, "Well, if this dude is playing bass, like I'm not going on tour," kind of thing. And then it was wow. like, "Hey, what are you doing in three weeks? Like, can you play a 90 minute set?" Oh, by the way, the first two shows, it's like a 90 minute set, and then like a kind of different 90 minute set because it was mm-hmm. two two nights at um, Great American Music Hall in San Francisco, which is they're kind of like. I don't know home base yeah, yeah exactly so it was like oh, we're gonna play a bunch of old songs and shit so it was just like I was like oh my god okay and then Kate and I had a vacation lined up Where? right before Where we then. gone we were going to Hawaii which was awesome mm-hmm. super oh, yeah. fun okay. oh no no Costa Rica Costa Rica which was uh, you know potato potato also super <laughs> fun but yeah uh, somewhere tropical but like I was practicing in garage band you can get this little like bass thing if you like slide your finger up and down the frets it'll be like boop, 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 boop. so it's like sitting on the plane like trying to practice like that it was so Ugh. stupid but i was just like oh my god i can't i can't fuck this up like, yeah how do you <laughs> how do you go about doing that did i mean did they did they have any of this shit written down for you they they did i was a little stubborn with it because i had just about figured out just about everything but then they were like no really like take these tabs just so you know and i yeah. was like okay 
cool because Mike um, Mike Sullivan from Russian Circles. That's also where I was like, oh, something's up. I saw Mike from Russian Circles who plays guitar, mm-hmm. um, was playing bass um, for two Def Evan shows in L.A. in like January of that year, and I was just like, that's weird. What's weird. up with the regular guy? So mm-hmm. he and Mike. I mean, I, I, I whine about only having three weeks. He had like a week. They were like, uh, you're probably the only dude that could do this. Let's get together and figure out all these songs. And he, so he had all the tabs out on stage. And I guess he was playing and like, you know, like something just blew a bunch out of the way. And he was just like, oh my Shit. God. Fuck. Just like, just keep it in that open string. You'll be fine. And <laughs> so there was at least like an existing tabbed out. Here's all the actual correct notes. You know what I mean? But bass wise... Have you ever done it's, that? Like, have you, in your in your band, have you ever written any shit out? Um, ever? Like, no. Maybe like... Could an, you? Yeah, not musically. Not musically, but I could certainly tab it out. Or like, yeah. this was sort of like G sharp, and then you go like, one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, and mm-hmm. then it's like, F sharp, two, two, three, four. So it's not, it's like pretty rudimentary, but it's... just notes. These are just notes, exactly, yeah, yeah. But it's enough to be like, okay, cool. And I will say, even though there's no real minus, like a part or two, like actual like bass lines or anything on the the stuff that I learned, it's mm-hmm. like they'll do these chord inversions where it's just like I couldn't actually figure out the root note sometimes. You know what I mean? Because like Carrie will play an A minor, Shiv will play like a C over that at the same time, and they'll kind of walk. So they'll stack those chords like that, and then and they'll like play shift it, yeah, and shift it and do weird inversions and shit. And so hmm. it's kind of hard to be like. And you listen to it, and it's like, oh, man, they really don't... I, I don't change a single note, but the chord shape changes, so it feels like it, it moves, even though the bass is just kind of hanging out, which is why when you only switch a note every 20 seconds, if it's wrong, it's, like, wrong, and it sounds <laughs> bad, and everyone goes, ah, you idiot, so... That part's fun and stressful, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, what other stuff have you been doing? Uh, I mean, you... I think I was trying to count, and this is the only ones I know of. Okay. Summoner... Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom Riders, Death Heaven, what else? It's essentially just those three bands. Okay. To say just those three bands. But also, like, really, of those three bands, like, one is active. Like, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. played my third Doom Riders show in two and a half, in the three years that I've, I've been in the band for three years. This is the one? Just this last weekend, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. Um, it, that, so, that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it, was great, s- it was a great bill. A lot of people, yeah, lot of people on that. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, Spirit Adrift, who I know a couple of the guys in there, um, I hadn't heard them yet. Like, I'd seen a clip or two online. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. And Nate's voice is, like, sick. It's, oh, so this is Nate's other thing? No, no, no. It's it's All another right, guy right, named right, Nate. Right, but, right, yeah, right. yeah. And then, um, uh, dude, dude, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Chase from Gate Creeper also plays bass in the band. So the dude who sings in Gate Creeper plays bass in that. Mm-hmm. And they were awesome. Yeah, lineup was really cool. I was, like, a little anxious to mix High on Fire. Like, I'd met those guys before, um, like, a few times over the I'm, I'm basically buddies with the bass player, but, like, you know, kind of I'll talk to him once every eight months or mm-hmm. something like that whenever I'm, I'm out in Oakland or something. So that was kind of like, hell yeah, I can do that. Like, okay, what's it going to be like mixing a band where the dude plays three full stacks, you know what I mean? And trying to actually make a mix <laughs> happen yeah. in there. But but that was cool. Yeah, and there was a great bill. A bunch of bands I hadn't really heard before, too, which was cool. Word. Um, yeah, Dope Throne, who were like, you know, they're definitely like Electric Wizard. They were cool, though. It was just like, that was, yeah, it was neat. There was some, some unexpected stuff in there, too, so yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Uh, what other shit have you done? I mean, you were in a country band for a while mm. that played right over here. Yeah, yeah, used to were, play. We're so great. Yeah, 
Um, and I, re- I recently heard that they like are no more. Yeah, I wonder if it's just kind of one of those things. It's just sort of like, yeah, everyone got a little too busy, or like there was also like I think like six people in the band, so it might have been a lot of schedule conflicts mm-hmm. and interest conflicts and stuff like that but yeah i used to play upright bass in that band and that was super fun mm-hmm. um i'm terrible at upright bass i remember when you got that terrible thing. yeah it's yeah. like i got a bu- upright bass yeah, I, yeah. Know to do I don't do. know what i'm gonna do with it. yeah it's like it's like you, yeah you're you're okay at uh, bass guitar right okay cool try to play this thing i dare you you know what i mean like the the frets or whatever the notes are like you know full two inches apart once you yeah. get way the hell up there so to just play through a scale is like you know arthritis inducing but it was super fun played it pretty simple you know nothing too crazy um are you tired yeah <laughs> no i'm good now i'm Do you good miss now. home now at least i've been home for a few weeks so it's like i'm settled in i got like some sort of a hanging out routine you yeah. know just kind of catching up doing stuff around the house and all that you know kinda. what are you doing when you're so you, you say you pick up some shifts here and there doing sound but like what are you doing otherwise otherwise honestly like not a heck of a lot i've had a couple sessions um up, up at god city which is cool kurt mm-hmm. um you know kurt has like a, a full-time assistant but it, it's happened a couple times now where he's just had a he's been away doing something so i've gotten to go in there and like there's this band sect who are like it's like the singer from cursed and mm-hmm. oh, cool. one of the drummers from fallout boy it's like a random group of dudes it's pretty cool it's cool um, that first cursed record's great it's why it's awesome right yeah really pissed stuff but and this is this is along the lines of that but mm-hmm. kurt had me come in and just like edit edit the drums move them around to the grid and and do that thing really make make the guy sound like a machine which was yeah something I hadn't really done before and I told Kurt that I was like I'll definitely come in um, I'm gonna have to like watch some videos and freshen up on it kind of thing so he's like okay cool and he like showed me exactly what he wanted done and he was like great job for your first time doing it so that was cool um, so that was basically just how's it working for Kurt? it's great man he's yeah. awesome he's awesome I don't know if he used to be more like intense and he's just mellowed out now that he's a dad or what but I had always heard like yeah. he's kind of a stick in the mud and I've had nothing but pleasant experiences with him honestly but I've never had him engineer and produce something that mm. I've been playing on and I think that's one of those like I'd always heard he's kind of like a well do you think that's the best you can do like after well, a well I think that's good which is good which it's is good, good. Exactly, exactly see I've heard yeah I've heard the same thing yeah. and I talked to him Okay. A couple, like maybe a month or two ago. Oh, cool. And I kind of posed the same question to him. I was like, mm-hmm. you've had kind of a reputation as being very, I don't know. Whatever the word particular, even is. Particular. Yeah, sure, the word sure, is. sure, sure. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I know. I think he's like, I have chilled out a lot. He's yeah. Like, I definitely yeah. understand where that comes from. Yeah. So yeah. he knows. He knows. He knows exactly. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, it's the kind of thing that's, especially if he's playing the producer role, mm-hmm. that's like, okay if he's gonna put his name on it it does have to be of a certain standard more or less not like in a douchey way but like in a no this is you know well, this, a, you kind of are paying for him to be like hey you should go do that again you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah. of and course even when you're like god it's as good as I can do shit yeah. okay let's go try it you know well yeah you're know. definitely paying especially when you're paying him as yeah. much as you are yeah exactly he yeah, should yeah. be fucking pushing it exactly right. exactly uh, that's a question I did ask him and I want to mm-hmm. ask you the same question mm-hmm. what do you think about producers are you a producer? Have you been a producer? It's... I, do you... It's, where do you... Uh... This is a funny question because I just got my first ever, like, producer quote. Yeah. Producer credit, to, to to my knowledge. I mean, I don't know if maybe someone else has put it on the record at some point, but mm-hmm. Worshipper was, like... I don't even think they said, like, recorded by Chris Johnson at God City, mixed by Chris Johnson, da 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 I think it was just produced by, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me because it... It's such... I mean, like, pr- like producing is, like a broad spectrum of what you could get. To me, it's everything from like 
getting guitar tones and tuning drums and getting the right cymbal sound and stuff like yep. that to really a producer would be like, hey man, you should play that twice as long. Hey man, what do you think about this chord instead? And that is what Kurt will do. I've seen him be like, man, what do you, I'm just hearing this thing. And he'll kind of grab a guitar off the wall and be like, mm-hmm. and the band's usually like, yeah, that's really cool. Let's yeah. do that. You know? And I know. Have you done that? Um, I, I haven't really been very heavy handed with that kind of stuff. Um, there's times where like if there's a part, it seems like there should be a solo or a vocal or something's missing. Then you yeah. can start to have that conversation. But like, I've never, I've never ever ever considered myself like a producer by any stretch. Because it's like even if I have these ideas, I'm like, this is your, this is your band. My yeah. job. You know, I kind of like. I put myself between Albini, who's like very hands off, mm-hmm. and like I mean, definitely not talent wise, but then maybe Kurt or somebody like that who's a little bit more hands on, who will guide the ship a little bit more. But like I like Albini's thing, and he does it to a fault, I'm sure, admittedly. But he he's like, and I've always thought of it this way: like you're just a documentarian. Like your job as the engineer is to like record it as well as you can. And then you, the producer part to me comes in, especially working with local bands, where then you try to like just make the band sound as good as you possibly can. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like maybe fix fix some little performance errors, which is just the nature of the beast. That's how it goes, you know. Um, little things like that, and then really like you know, depending on the budget, it's like how much time do we have? And that's kind of what's been nice about not having to work so much because before it'd be like I'd record a band, we'd have like a day to do it. We go into a studio, kind of track everything live, punch in on some mistakes. I would take it home, and then like we would either do vocals at my house or you know overdubs and stuff, and then mix it. But I would still be like working at the Paradise, and that's like sometimes like a fourteen-hour shift. You get out at two a.m. and it's like okay, well, there's no way I'm gonna wake up at nine thirty tomorrow and make coffee and start like producing this record, you know, like (laughs) which is something I've kind of started doing lately. Like my friend, yeah, um, my friend sent me this project. Like it's this band, Bookkeeper. It's a fun, like, kind of pop rock thing. And I recorded them years ago, mm-hmm. like, literally 12 years. Like, right when I was still at Newberry, it was, like, one of the first things I did, which was fun. So I've been friends with them for a while. They did a project and then sort of weren't, like, totally over the moon about it and just sort of shelved it. And then mm-hmm. recently he was like, hey, do you think this is worth remixing? Like, check it out. And sent me the session files. And I was like, this is cool. It's like a homework assignment. And then I and then I have, I did put the... This produ- is what you did? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. So That's then cool. I, um, or somebody else recorded okay, it right. and mixed it and stuff. Right. Um, and then, you know, there were like a couple of performance things. But I think aesthetically, it wasn't quite right. Like, it had sort of a garage production. And they wanted it more like, I don't know, like Muse or Maroon 5 or something Cleaner. like that. Cleaner, exactly. So I so I was kind of like cool challenge accepted like mm-hmm. and again not working a fourteen hour shift and getting home at two a.m. I'm just like oh it's you know let's let's pull this thing up and like start coming through it and and that's been cool because then there have been things where I'm like hey man what do you think about putting a second guitar on this part it sounds yeah. really open or maybe some keys you know that kind of thing so so is that so, one of the what are the main things that you notice now that you have like your I guess more notable and you're, you, you've built this name for yourself it's like do you I, have the time to do that shit is I that- do and that's the I, that's the goal is that mm-hmm. I'm trying now and it's so weird I, I need to get a lot better about like trying to schedule things while I'm on tour so that when I get home there's stuff to do instead yeah. of getting home and then being like who wants to make a record I saw you your post I mean? today like yeah. uh, I yeah. need something to do yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and then that's why my but then it like it looks kind of desperate but it also kind no, of no, works no, no. you know I what I mean like it is the desperate move is when you go like 
I have opening. I have all these openings at the studio, yeah. which is like, which probably doesn't look good. Like, it just, hey, yeah. I got all these openings. Nobody it, wants to come. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And those are the two. It's like you do want to do that, but I don't know how to like tastefully do that. So I have yet to be like marketing is a. It's weird. It's a whole right? other fucking thing. It sucks. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I had always done live sound, like from day one. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I graduated college in 2008. Where'd you go to college? Um, the New England Institute of Art. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. It is closed. Yeah, many people on here have been like, really? The place no longer exists. So. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, man. I was one of the people, like, I had no no disillusions about, oh, I'm going to get out of here and, like, work in a studio. It's yep. like, you, you can, surely, and, you know, you do the intern thing and you can turn that into work, but there's no, like... What do you think was, like, the end goal at that point? Uh, at that point, it, w- it was, in fact, to work at a studio, but mm-hmm. uh, I just, like, in other words, I don't... I, they got... The place got shut down because it was essentially, like, a class action lawsuit, not even against this one in Brookline, but um, mostly, I think it started from the one in Philly... Oh, so it's like a they you, franchise type. It's thing? a franchise. Right, it's right, a right. for-profit. I went institute. to a franchise. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Oh yeah, Howard who, Stern. Who? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, who also yeah. got shut down for similar things? Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, so basically, fraud and shit like yeah, that. they were they were claiming like a higher. And I can't even tell if they were necessarily like just lying or oh, what. But that's exactly what happened. What's that? They they were claiming like, like higher job placement. Values yeah. and also placement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was what they were saying. They're like, well, you got like an eighty percent chance of working in the audio industry when you get out of here. And I was Which like, is such bullshit. Like I don't know yeah. why I believed it. I yeah, like, yeah. Am I stupid? Yeah, exactly. And I, was, I wasn't even that young. I was like, you know, thirty-two. I'm like, yeah. Nice. Dumb, dumb. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of the it's one of those things where you don't like. I say that I knew it was gonna be hard, but I didn't actually. You don't actually know until you get out and you look around and you're like, wow, everyone has like a home studio. All these guys that I went to school with, myself included, have some sort of home studio. Yeah. So trying to run a studio with a couple other guys is definitely doable, but it's it's hard. It's hard, and that's the only way to get the job is to make the job to Mm -hmm. like make a studio with some other people or try to make your little niche somehow. I don't know, yeah, you yeah. know, but but again, I had no disillusions. I, I had nothing but good things to say about that school. I also only did three semesters. Maybe that's why I'm not like fuck these guys like a lot of people. <laughs> but what I mean, essentially, not to get too far into it, but but no, pretty much it is that it was the job placement thing, and the one in Philly was like, yeah, you got 85 percent chance, whatever. We placed this many jobs. Yeah, we put you into this many jobs on average, and then by the time those freshmen were seniors and they graduated like. 400 photography majors it's like there's a supply and demand yeah. thing and I gotta tell you there's not a demand for 400 <laughs> photography students you know yeah. like it's just one of those things you know but much like those guys you okay now I'm a wedding photographer and, and I am my business and here's a business card and then you start to build the thing you know mm-hmm. so or you turn around and say let's get a lawsuit going I was just like this is stupid but you know again I also didn't pay three, you know six figures to go there so I kind of got in and got out and was like well that was a close call you know? <laughs> but I don't know that's 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 nothing but good things to say about AI that's, well, that's good I mean I think you're uh, you are in the minority there that, yes. I mean I didn't yes. you know I don't know that place but I'm saying like in my experience mm-hmm. there was a lot of yeah. Bad blood. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. It's tough. And I mean, I get it. It's like anywhere. Like, Berkeley has the same thing where, you know, I mean, a lot of these schools, you go, 
no, 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 I have to go to college because my parents tell me that I have to go to college and I yeah. kind of like music. I don't know. Or like I make beats. I like those kids. I feel the worst for those kids. I don't know. I like making beats. Maybe I'll go to this school. Don't go to school for that. And you go four years. Yeah. You know, you come out with 120K in debt or something and, and, and no one's going to pay you to make beats. It's like. You maybe be able, you might be able to become a teacher. That, and that's honestly kind of what I wanted to do. I really? wanted to go back to AI and be like, I'll like student teach. I'll teach over this. You know, I'll be a good teacher. You know, I would have been fun. I honestly genuinely really enjoy like every aspect of audio i find it absolutely fascinating it's, really and if you're interested in that it just makes teaching is like it's just easy you know mm -hmm. what i mean and hopefully you can get kids interested in it but whatever. did you ever explore that i didn't because the school closed <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because i knew a lot of those teachers separately um you know ken smart and um who did uh, wonder drug records for so oh, sure. for a long cool. time and then um my friend Al Alan Kraut, who used to, he worked, he did sound at the Rat and stuff. He's been around. It was like, just dudes, like just dudes who were like kind of in my position at this point in my life. Now mm. in my mid thirties, it'd be a good time to be like, maybe we'll teach, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not to say that the option isn't there, but I would say I'm sure it's a lot easier to go back to the school you graduated with if some of the faculty is sure. still there and you go, hey, remember me from ten years ago? Like, especially know, in like uh, a doctorate or whatever the fuck. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, so. That, that, maybe someday, you know, yeah, because it, uh, it is, I do find it very interesting, so. So when you came out and you, you uh, when did, when did you start doing, or when did you start thinking about doing electric rock, like your, your, your the, studio? The studio, I mean, really, so, this was kind of a weird way to do it, but I, I ended up interning, because as part of graduation, you have to intern somewhere, so yeah. I interned at the studio called the Moon Tower, um, that would have been 2007, maybe two, early 2008, graduated mm -hmm. in 2008. Um, my high school band in 2003 recorded at that very studio. What band was that? Uh, Plan 17, which was my sweet ska band when I was a kid. <laughs> it was very ska. Every South Shore dude yeah. had a ska band. Yeah. <laughs> Time and a place, you know. Um, no regrets, though. I really, you know, you, you, you learn your way around a bass guitar if you're playing sure. some ska yeah, music, yeah. you know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we recorded there when I was like mm, maybe a junior in high school, maybe like a sophomore in high school. I can't remember. And I was like, this is cool. Very small studio. Very like essentially a project studio that a couple guys owned. Um, and I was like, this seems like do this seems doable. This doesn't seem like some slick, fancy studio where you're totally going to get like actually treated like an asshole and like don't touch that mic don't even look at that mic kind of shit you know yeah. well it was weird too because i end up i end up working at q division a bit really and i love that spot but this guy i think chad smith or chris smith or something because chris smith sounds more right it's not chad, chad smith. smith not chad not chad smith, smith. yeah <laughs> we didn't have the drummer from red hot <laughs> Peppers in there um but anyways he was the um intern coordinator at q division and this guy came into our internship class when we were talking about oh where are we going where we want to intern and he just like psyched me out of ever wanting to go to q division or any like real studio he did the whole like you gotta work for it and like you're gonna do this and that and you're absolutely not gonna touch any equipment and i was just like man like i think this guy's what guy the fuck is, are you gonna do i know exactly i was like I just think be a gopher I, just be a gopher which even we know that that's part of the job. You don't have to say that. And just yeah. the guy was so condescending about it that I was just like, and I remember telling the Q Division guys that years later, they were like, oh, yeah, well, he went to LA. It was a better fit for him. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, yeah. see, in LA, like, yeah. you really got to fucking, like, yeah, yeah. just be sh eat shit. Eat shit, exactly. Eating Which is not necessary. What are you learning by eating yeah. shit, really? Well, I would argue that 
I would argue that if you, you know, the best intern, which is kind of what I ended up doing just at a much, much smaller studio, but you just like kind of sit there and you like observe what's happening yeah. and you're like, oh, that sounds really cool. I mean, like write that down. And then when the dude goes home and it's two in the morning and you've been there for 14 hours, you can be like, ooh, let me like try something, you know, yeah, let me yeah, like yeah. not move anything in the session, but like, I don't know. Or, you know, you, you just kind of have... You're in a position to, after hours, be able to touch stuff and learn stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and just put your hands on equipment and turn knobs. And if and you stuff really like care, that. you're going to stick exactly. around. Exactly. You're going to stick around and they're going to be like, well, this dude actually gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Let's throw him a client. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You might start something, something easy, like just a vocal thing or hip hop thing or something like that. Um, but there was just something about it, the dude, like just really <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. I was sure. like, so that's why I went to the like smaller, like punk rock studio. I was like, oh, well, screw it, man. I'll probably be getting to do my own sessions pretty soon and that's yeah. exactly what ha- I had keys in the first like month and then Where was, it was this? Uh, at the moon tower which used to be 2000 Mass Ave right across uh, in um, Porter Square mm-hmm. which was awesome it was a great location um, I got my keys I was an intern I started doing sessions there and then they were a three man operation one of their dudes was moving away maybe two years after I started there mm-hmm. or three or something like that and they were like well, what would you think about but like I, I think I brought it up like buying into the business. I was like, really? I don't know, it'd be cool to be like a co-studio owner, just because it's like, it just seemed like a, it was like a cool look. You know what I mean? Like owner slash engineer, like sure, that just absolutely. sounds cool, like marketable. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, great. And then you're, you have more vested interest. You start buying gear and stuff like that. Um, and then we had a falling out with our landlord. And then we ended up moving into Q Division. So they had their A room, their B room, and then they had this like rehearsal room. It was kind of like an overdub thing where like the interns like hung up, you know what I mean? And so we built, we just brought all our gear in there. Um, and it was awesome because then we got a discount for using the Q Division stuff. Mm-hmm. Q Division got to use our stuff. And we just sort of paid like a small hourly fee to use our gear at their place, which sounds really weird, but the balance. Yeah was awesome because then you you know you're talking i could charge somebody like you know what i what is unfortunately a cheap rate which is like 30 bucks an hour or something like and then it is I cheap could, it is cheap exactly right and then if no one was using the crazy high-end vintage mics at q division just down the hall or the amps they had a shitload of amps and drums i could just be like okay cool like i'm gonna grab no one you definitely don't need this okay cool i'm gonna grab this 40 year old neumann microphone and bring it over here so you end up then you end up like getting to use gear and, and getting more familiar with it and stuff like that um and is that the, where you learn the most like when you were I, I would think so yeah yeah, yeah. um because even even at school like it was pretty cut and dry i didn't learn anything about mixing at all i didn't take any mixing classes it was like here's microphone pointed at this it was like um recording theory classes like okay like you learn about okay if you've got a sound source here and your mic is one foot away if you move that mic three feet away, it's like one ninth of the volume. So, like so you start to learn physics. physics. It's and I took an actual physics course there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they they hold your hand through it, but it's still physics. I was say, were you were you yeah. good at? I were was. Math? I was because they would give us the formulas. They would be like, "Here's the formula. Just plug in the numbers." You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did well because and the guy. Oh man, I forget his name, but the guy was such a sweetheart. He was great. <laughs> um, great teacher. Physics for dummies. Essentially. Or physics for poets. For like audio dummies, yeah, yeah. That fucking Patton Oswald thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, physics for poets. Physics yeah. for poets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that that progression going from recording at this little studio in 
high school to then interning to then becoming one of the owners was awesome to me. It was, like, so cool. Yeah, and I mean, how did you buy into that? Like, it was, like, I mean, straight up, they were, like... Uh, we figured out the company's the company, quote unquote. Basically, literally, this pile of gear is worth nine grand. We're gonna give that guy his three grand, and you want to just buy a third of it for three grand, kind of, and just pay us monthly. And you like, had every you had that all like worked out. I it's, that was essentially what we came to. It was right. very much like uh, you know handshake agreement. But I was on that the the LLC and stuff. It was like cool. it was legit, but. At that point, we weren't like, I was kind of like, oh, if I'm a studio owner, maybe I'll get a share of the profits. And then that's when I learned, like, there's no profits. There's yeah, no profits yeah. here. We just own the gear in this room to go use it, you know, and, and, and make your own money. But there's no, the company is not generating anything. So, um, But you still have to pay for rent. And all that exactly. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And it was really, it was, it was the safest way to do it because we were in our we were in a an existing studio it was like a turnkey operation we just would pay a monthly rent so yeah. no utilities or anything it was just kind of like it's very safe i wasn't so gonna, yeah, like, you i wasn't everything. gonna lose my shirt and yeah. you know get, you know not make rent or anything like that so sorry about um, this that's okay that's how it goes i'll get close yeah this guy's yep. a, this guy plays the same fucking beat for like 30 minutes okay and i'll take a break so yep Maybe we have some time. Um, Working on those jazz chops. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. It's like our neighbors around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where did you go from there? I mean... Well, so from there, unfortunately, uh, as the way of the world goes, Q Division had to downsize because of condos, essentially. Now, it wasn't necessarily because of condos, but they... They didn't own the building. Um, they just owned their their space. You know what I mean. And they had built out. Those studios were so awesome. They had a really. Yeah, their A room was great. The B room was, I would say, even better. It was smaller, but like it just sounded awesome. It's where infamously Jane Doe, that Converge record, was recorded. Not by Kurt, but by. How many records were not Charles. recorded by Kurt? Converge. Of Converge? Yeah, I, maybe the first two. Maybe yeah. the first two, at most, at most, yeah, for sure. But that's one of them, and he gets, you know, and he, he comments on that in interviews, too. People are always like, oh, that record, the sound of that record. And he's like, I didn't, well, have, I didn't have much to do with the sound <laughs> of that record, per se. Yeah. You know? Um, and he actually learned some tips that he uses all the time from from that session, which yeah. I thought was, was pretty interesting. But So they closed the B-Room. Um, the B-Room is now offices for this other company, uh, tech company, go figure. Sure. So the landlord was like, oh, well, you guys pay this. Um, these guys are going to pay this. And I think it was like a new, maybe the building got sold or something like that. And then the owners were like, you have to be kidding. We've been a recording studio since 1986. That was their, at least their second, maybe their third location. But they were like, they, I'm trying to remember what Lupfer said. He said something like, one of the owners, John Lupfer, he's like, we can... Something about like our 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 tentacles are far reaching into the community, and you're gonna regret this guy. It wasn't like a threat, but it was like a we. This is a huge part of the city, and and Absolutely. it's it's drying up, and we don't have a lot of this shit anymore. Like people need a place to make records. Like Stacy's mom was recorded here for God's sake. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> among many other things, but mm -hmm. like you know, um, it's James Taylor. His name's like there's so, I mean like name the, after name after name after name. Pixies in the eighties. Couple of songs 80s. from like that Billy Bragg and Wilco thing. Were yeah, that's there. right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Which I'm, I love. The I don't like those songs. Yeah, yeah. But the record. I don't love that record. Yeah, yeah, the record sounds awesome. Yeah, great. It's great. Yeah, Mermaid Avenue, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, so inevitably, we got the boot, and they moved their B room into what was our studio. 
Um, and they really did it up. Like, we just had the kind of thing where the there was no console, but like a bunch of mic pre's and stuff. And you would you would mix it, you would record in the same room that the guy would be playing drums in. Like, it was like it was a pre punk rock operation, but it was still awesome. It was yeah. great. And so they made it a real studio. They put a, a control room and stuff in there. And what became of it is it's actually really nice. I like what they did. Um, really. But unfortunately, we got the boot. Uh, we dissolved the business. We like. Oh, I'm sorry. There was a console in there. It just never got hooked up in those five years. I was like, I remember a moving truck. Oh yeah, it's because we had the console at the end. So that went in Scott Janovitz's parents' house and hung out there for until I don't know a Craigslist person got it or something. But that it was sucks. really, it was really, it was very bizarre divvying up the gear and and it was really amicable. It was like. If you want this, okay, you you want that, and then if we sell anything, we're just gonna split split it three ways, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I took I took the computer, I took um, a pair of the studio monitors, some mic pre's, and like just built a vocal booth in my house. So because I had just moved into the house, I think maybe even that year, I think it was like eight where, months later. Where was the house? Um, the house is in Brighton. Mm-hmm. So we on. I don't. This is not where you live right now. Right? This is where we live oh, right really? now. Oh, really? And by some. Weird miracle, we bought a single so family the, house in Brighton, which is so. This insane is the place you bought with your wife. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow. It's tiny. It's adorable. It's like nine. <laughs> it's nine hundred fifty square feet, not counting the basement. But it's like it's a two bedroom apartment in like an in law single family house that yeah. they, you know, cut a line in the property. The next house is about nine feet away from us. But it's like <laughs> it was one of those things. It's just kind of just weird enough to work. And I always yeah. thought like, oh, maybe like I had like a little home studio kind of thing going down there. And that quickly became like, oh, shit, I can actually turn a profit out of the basement. This is awesome, you know. It came out of, like, necessity. And we always would call it, like, what we got in the divorce. Like, oh, what'd you get in the divorce? (laughs) I'm like, oh, I got some microphones. This guy got, like, a console. You know, it's such a weird thing to have happen. And it works? And it works. Everyone was, the three of us were pretty happy with what we all got. And I don't see those guys too much. But Mike Mike Quinn, he used to play in reverse in, like, some other bands. Like, I'll I'll see him at the... Division party, you know, once a year, their Christmas party and stuff like that. So it's weird. It was very like, it's not even bittersweet. The first it was just bitter. time in yeah. history that anything's been amicable. Yeah, I know right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Dissolving of a business with a friendly handshake, and yeah, then you go, yeah. okay. And everyone is actually pretty because everyone got some cool gear out of it. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't have anything crazy, but we had some a couple cool things, and everyone got like one or two cool things, and was like, okay, I feel good about this. You know, the way this this ended up. But so that was. The beginning of your studio? Yeah, exactly. And it, it uh, that would have been December 2015, I guess. If we wow. moved, that makes sense. It's we, late. Yeah. I didn't think it was that late. Yeah, we moved in in May. That all makes sense now. April, May of 2015. And then the we dissolved the business in like December of that year. So it was really, it was good timing. And honestly, if we didn't have the house, I don't know. I don't know where I would have went. Yeah, where would you be? I where probably would have tried to weasel my way into to New Alliance, honestly, just because I really like those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a. Wait, great... wait, is that the new studio they just set up? That is the new one, but at the time it would have been the one in the EMF building, right. Cambridge. You know. Um, then, but then you'd be in the situation where you get to move again. Exactly, and then it would have been like, what the hell is the point of anything? But, <laughs> you know, that's just the nature of the business. It's so weird. And again, I almost kind of knew that from AI because all my professors were like, "Dude, this is fucking hard." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was Hard, like, okay. like, I mean, like, do you think it's disappointment or do you think it's just it's, like... It's disappointment. Passing. It's like, it's like working, like getting past your losses and your dead ends and stuff. And, you know, like, especially when you're like starting out, you'll do things where like you record a band and you like really put your all into it. And then they either like don't release it 
Or like it just goes up on Bandcamp and they barely even mention it, and you're just like, yeah. this is supposed to get me more work, but you guys don't even give a shit about the record that I just put all this effort into. Which that, it, that happens a lot. Not a lot, but like early on for sure, for really? sure. And I mean, it, it was never anything like some really quality product, but it's still like this is I'm trying to build my reel. I'm trying to be like, hey, tell your friends, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, recording something that doesn't get released is like common and really frustrating. <laughs> But less I common, can't imagine not yeah. wanting to release something. That's exactly it. It's that's exactly I mean, it. So even if it was terrible, yeah, it's like, still like I would still be like, eh, yeah, who hey, we fuck? made this with our friends. Yeah. This was this is like our and I mean I won't even get started on like maybe I will, but you yeah, know why ahead. why you would take the time to like write write music and refine it. And then just like really half-ass record it on your own with like a laptop or whatever. And I'm not saying that you can't make an awesome fucking record with a laptop and one microphone. You absolutely can. But like to me, it's like you guys put all the effort into the thing. Like you're in a four-piece band. Okay, if everyone comes up with 200 bucks, you do like two days, give or take, in like a real studio and get some awesome sounds so that when you're 60 you can be like remember this one time this is really cool <laughs> and that's the only reason i do it honest truly honestly, truly man 60 years, I mean, I'm, like if i lived that long I'd be like, it's ah, gonna be yeah i did this awesome record yeah <laughs> check it out it's terrible what, yeah what's a record uh, <laughs> we'll all be underwater by then anyways but, yeah you know, yeah that's true um but yeah it's just like it's one of those things like so so exactly that okay you put the time into the songs and mm-hmm. stuff and it's just the follow-through but i mean it's the kind of band where like this wouldn't be like a even remotely established band. It'd be some band, maybe they had an EP and they're trying to do another record and then they're just mm-hmm. kind of like, ah, fuck it, we're not a band anymore. Like right, that right. I get. It's still frustrating, but it's sure. like, okay, you know. And at that point in the career, that's just more or less how it goes, you know what I mean? So but, when you open, I mean, well, actually, I guess when you were in that previous studio, like mm-hmm. you mentioned like anybody in their uncle can record a record. Were you like at the middle or at the end of that kind of... It's uh, right now. It's, I feel like it's over with. I feel like or you mean coming you, to an end. Yeah, you mean like needing a studio at all, essentially. You, no, or, I, or, I think it's the opposite. Oh, okay. Like see, people like, have kind of rediscovered. See, like, it, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. See that? Yeah, I'm totally in the dark because yeah. I mean, you obviously are at the forefront of it. But yeah, like, I could never. I would never imagine recording a record by myself. Yeah, yeah. Unless it was like just total garbage for myself like i yeah exactly a little like self-indulgent stuff yeah i do that shit all the time (laughs) but yeah it's the kind of thing i mean i'd like to think that you're right It, it it's weird because at one it's like once like like the avid or digi design at the time like the mbox came out you start to see your first little user interfaces that are like super cheap and Mm -hmm. easy that's when i think it's the initial like it was like it was like the invention of like the blank cassette tape to the record industry. People went <laughs> yeah. like it just there was probably like a noticeable like yeah. downtick in, mm-hmm. in um, you know output or you know like studio schedule essentially. Sure, like sure. all of a sudden they go, holy shit, okay, just, just record sales. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. everyone's trying to do it on their own. And then I think that's the other end of it is either people have tried it and been like, I swear, I don't know, I just didn't get it. But I thought mm-hmm. I would instead of spending the money on a studio, spend the money on gear. And it's like, well, you, you don't know how to use it. But, but you're buying crap gear. You're buying crap gear. Like you're not it's buying gonna, yeah. a preamp from yeah. like 1978. Exactly. That, yeah. You know, you're, you're getting garbage. Exactly. Especially early on. It was just kind of sure. like, oh, man. And like I've never really heard some like crazy record. Actually, you know what? I've heard more recently I've heard records that I've been like, man, this is like really good and creative songwriting. But it sounds like it was recorded on an iPhone. Like I can tell they just did this in their apartment. And they'll mm-hmm. be like, so I'm trying to remember the artist I just heard. I was like, man, she had such a cool voice. But to me, to my ear, I was like, 
it just sounds like an mp3 but if you kind of take yourself out of it and listen to the song for what it is it's like okay that's that's cool you know that's there are times when i think being able to do it in your apartment is actually pretty fucking cool but if you're trying to make like any kind of like a rock record with like any kind of decent sounding drums and shit it's like dude you gotta i mean we could get a good drum sound in here but, not, but that's the not only f- thing that could be happening in here. Yeah, right, right, exactly. You, couldn't, you couldn't have yeah. this fucker next nope, door. No, exactly, which is incredibly hard to do. You yeah. know what I mean? It would have to come in at, like, noon or, or no, earlier. No, you have to whatever. come in at, like, yeah. fucking 9 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Right, 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 which they do open at 9, I think. Yeah, so you yeah, can get in here, yeah. get a couple drum takes in, and okay, that's you it. know. Yeah, then the racket starts. But, um, yeah, I, I have, like, really conflicted on the not very well put together thoughts on it. Because I do think there's the two, like, the two extremes are great. If you're creative and you can, like get into um what is that like uh ableton people love ableton for programming Mm -hmm. keys and and you could do a lot with that stuff and i mean honestly even garage band i think is super fun i love fucking around with garage band it's awesome do you use a program i you i mean i do everything in pro tools just Mm -hmm. like professionally or whatever but for for my own stuff i mean i've started just doing it in garage band because it's it's super fun and easy and you can get the little logan or get the dude (laughs) to play drums you know what i mean (laughs) and then even if you don't like how dudes playing drums or or gals or some gal drummers in there too you know you can um it's not too hard to just like write like MIDI program drums, even if mm-hmm. it's just boom ka boom boom ka kind of thing. Um, I've been having fun with that. I would do it in Logic, but I don't. I had a cracked. I say I'm surprised it's not Logic. I had a cracked version of Logic. It doesn't work anymore, <laughs> and I was trying to justify like it's like a hundred bucks or something. Oh, that's like not that. too bad. It's not too bad, and it is a super fun program. But I don't know if I would use it. Not to look at it this way, but I don't know if I would use it to turn a profit in. I have enough fun, free, creative stuff to goof around with, you know what I mean? It's like, if I was really going to do it, I would probably just do it in Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is actually discussing my, a discussion my engineer friend and I were having the other day of like, well, what's what's wrong with like do, recording it in GarageBand and then just like taking that recorded vocal or whatever itself and then popping that into your Pro Tools session and then kind of building from there, which mm-hmm. is, I would imagine, is totally something. And then I was like, well, I bet the like, the 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 audio conversions aren't very good like it's probably kind of crippled and then he was like dude if it sounds good it sounds good I'm like do you find that some things are better for other for some things other than the other i things? i haven't really done like an a b comparison and mm-hmm. that's actually one of these days that's the kind of thing i can do now that yeah, I have all say, this time yeah, on my time. hands man but yeah, yeah, yeah like in two weeks when someone yeah. asks you to go on tour I'm sure. yeah yeah exactly but i mean that's the thing too is i'm, I'm almost kind of hoping it doesn't happen this year so yes yeah. Because then we'll be around until... I mean, honestly, I don't go on tour again until September, so it's going to be this nice bit of home time. Are you burnt out? I'm not burnt out, but at the end of last year, I was definitely burnt out because we did... I mean, the record came out in, like, July, like, 5th or something like that. We did, like, a a five-and-a-half-week tour, which was super fun, like, the most fun. It was, like, Mm -hmm. a summer camp tour. We were on a bus. um, We had our friends, this band, Uniform was opening in Drab Majesty who are friends uh, it was just like a and the drummer's girlfriend was there for the whole time it was like a you know and that was the first tour we'd done where two of the um, two of the guys in the band have recently become like completely sober like and they're just very happy yeah. upbeat like fun people to be around and we had our friend who was like filming the whole thing for like uh, <laughs> it's weird it's yeah. weird it's awesome and at first I wasn't quite sure how to like 
what is weird? Should I like not smoke a joint over here? Do you care about that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is it weird like having beers and stuff around? And it was just like, you know, you see, there's a reason that the, the, the polar seltzers and whatever your seltzer of choice is, is yeah. so popular. And that's like, it makes Hey, I drink sense, a lot dude. of seltzer when I'm not drinking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's awesome. Cause it's just like, like, yeah, I kind of, did I want a beer? Like, not really. Not I just really, wanted, like, no. the feeling of a beer. Yeah. Not, not the, like, alcohol part of it, but the yeah. bubbly and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's things like that. And, like, you know, you just kind of... I was, like, literally, what what do you want me to do? What do you not want me to do? And they, he was just like, dude, like, they were like, what, whatever, man. What, the idea is to not change your behavior, you know what I mean? Or not, maybe not, like, openly be like, ah, grab the guy and, like, you know, just spill a mean, beer on him or something. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's kind of... Did you find yourself, like, in tour... Uh, situations like it just like getting to be too much just in which sense like I mean just in general not you in particular but I'm like like booze and Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. saturation of everything yep and that's honestly how how do you um, deal with that it's it's you gotta like and honestly that's how I love those two guys they would have no problem with me talking about this stuff but that's how they got to where they were was just touring, 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 touring. Because you you are accountable for like an hour of the 24 hours that you have in the day. It's insane. And then even accountability is just like, I'm doing air quotes, accountability is like, <laughs> can you play your parts? Yeah. You can probably play them pretty inebriated. So all you have to do is be like, not falling down for that hour and literally nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Just don't piss your bandmates off yeah. and whatever, you know? Um, which it I'm, must be tough to like manage your time appropriately that's, throughout the day. It, that's one hundred percent what it comes down to is is time management. Is it's literally time management exactly. And you can, if you're like a night owl and you're staying up all night, which is incredibly easy to do on the bus too. Like start through playing video games or having some beers. Next thing you know, it's literally five a.m. and there's no like shenanigans involved. You're just mm-hmm. like goofing around with your friends playing video games, drinking beers, and then you're like, oh shit, we should go to bed. Um, that's the most PG thirteen version of it. But, you know. <laughs> Um, it's the it's the kind of thing where, like I said, that accountability is so small that you're just up to your own like moral compass of like what is like what is excess, what is too much, what is like just enough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, especially when you're just you just have hours and hours and hours and hours yeah. to kill, you know what I mean? What the um, fuck do you do? What those two guys started doing, and that's just part of the routine, but um, they just are like gym rats now. And it's kind of sick because you, and I've started to kind of do it too. Mm-hmm. Like, we would always talk about night shift and day shift, and like the night shift are like, you know, me and the drummer, like our sound guy, we we'll like, kind of, you know, kind of getting wasted playing video games and stuff sure. in the front. Sounds fun. Um, but it is, it's great. But I also love the day shift. Like, I went to the, the gym for the first time in my entire life on that tour that I'm talking about over the summer. Out of like, like, which I'm, is weird because your wife's is a super I, exactly, absolutely gym she, gym person. Yep, she was a personal trainer for years. She's been a Pilates instructor. She's like the the head tr- instructor where she is and stuff. And she's a fitness gal through yeah, and through. You know what sure. I mean? Um, I would always like when it would get nice out every year. I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go for a jog a couple times, and then by the time summer hit, I'd be like, I've got back in shape. I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know. And it was one of those days where I was going to do that in Houston, and it was like 100 degrees, and I was like, I don't know. And Carrie was just like, dude, just like come to the gym with me. And I always thought it was just going to be a bunch of like meatheads in there, and it was going to be douchey, and dudes would be looking at you like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But I forget it's the gym, and no one gives a shit. They're there for themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even the meatheads are there for themselves. Yeah. Very 
amazing point. I never thought. Honestly. I just never. I ne- it's so. It I've never so thought basic. It like that either. Yeah, I was always just like, oh, it's gonna be a bunch of douchebags in there. And yeah, they're douchebags, but they're either like. The worst that it gets is like dudes will like yell across the gym, be like, "Bro, like." Nah, nah. So those guys are there, but they're not like, you know, poking you in the chest, like, "What are you doing, scrawny guy or whatever?" You know, I don't know what the hell I thought. I didn't think that would happen, but I thought no, some but version I, I of that. I, I identify don't know, with you know? what you're saying. Yeah, sure. And maybe like at like Gold's Gym or something, it's like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. average <laughs> like LA Fitness or something, mm-hmm. like no one gives not a shit. Everyone's got their headphones beach. in. They're just on the treadmill and stuff. So, but then, so then that, so then, okay, boom, there you go. You wake up, you go to the gym, you relax, you just do like a sauna or something. What in were you there. doing at the gym? Um, treadmill, because I'm a, I'm a cardio guy, sure. and then I would at least like try, because I've never, I've never been, so I don't even know what these machines do. So I would have carry. You getting in the backwards and shit? Yeah, exactly. Like a like sitcom or something. Yeah, exactly. Usually there's a, there's at least like a little picture on there, so you <laughs> kind of be like, okay, the guy's grabbing this thing. And your back goes like here, you know right. what I mean, like that. But I would be like, "Hey, man, can you show me how to do that?" <laughs> and Kate was like, "My wife was like, oh my god, I'm so happy that you're doing that. I'm gonna, I could show you so much stuff, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. is cool because I think it's part of it. It's just like I don't know, I'm gonna like hurt myself. But there's something about the machines that it's like it's almost easier because you're not doing free weights and you're not gonna like crunch your spine or something. You just hold the push the weight, you know what I mean? It's yeah, not, yeah. it's not like too crazy. But so I just started out like treadmill and stuff like that and try to sweat the talk to- get the toxins out you sure. know like Good. Great. <laughs> and then go sit in the sauna that's and it's amazing. awesome it's all aw- and then so then but that's the point of of time management is like okay if you start your day with that then we'll like go to like whole foods and get a salad at salad bar or whatever mm-hmm. food at the thing and then before you know it it's like okay now it's like 2 p.m so we're getting there okay do, you know we'll go back for sound check and then you know find some time to kill the time it's it's things like that it's like finding things to do um yeah, are you going to drop some of this now that you have three months I off? am hope I got my first actual gym membership, so I've been going like once every like, oh, nine days or something. I know exactly. But it's cool. <laughs> it's fun. It's just over in Watertown. It's like, it's easy, you know? And mm-hmm. Kate's there too, so we, we, we'll, oh, go okay. to, we'll go together and it's like... The big, big, big one? It's the Boston Sports Club that's yeah, near, yeah. yeah, it's near like the Arsenal Mall and stuff still over there. Still used to Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, Scylla, Kate works with Scylla. They're, yeah. they're buds over there. I saw her the other day for the oh, first time you? in a while. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, went to the Worshipper record release at uh, Harvard Square, Newberry Comics. Which I was, saw that, yeah. How was it like, like going? When's the last time you went to Harvard Square? I was Comics? having like an out of body experience coming up the escalator because I haven't been there. I haven't been there in. I mean, I'll ride my bike by and stuff like that, yeah, but yeah, actually yeah. go into the building, it's definitely been like five years. I think it's been like fucking eight. Like, I'm saying five just because I don't probably yeah, want don't to either. come to terms with the fact that it's actually probably been, like, eight years. Yeah, but I was going to say, it's probably been more like ten. Yeah, it was weird. It was it was very cool, but, like, I honestly, I, it was, like, I had more of, like, a feeling than I thought I would, like, coming up the escalator. I was up, up me and Dave Jameson are going up there, and we're just like, <laughs> I'm like, it still smells the same. And, like, the floor, the still tiles. Still the same the, stupid yeah, tile. It's the same ridiculous orange color scheme around there. <laughs> You know, all the stores are different, but they're not really. There's yeah. you got the Hempist, you got um, Chameleon. Chameleon's and, still there. Yeah, yeah. It was just like I think, I think so. Actually, I can't confirm. I yeah, went the yeah. other way. They are okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought I so, but, um, but yeah, that was so weird. And then going in there, I, I was just like grinning ear to ear. Like, but then once you get into the store, it's so like 
vastly different. Is it? There's no, like, the nostalgia factor was pretty minimal because yeah. every, everything's moved. All the register's over there now. Like, oh, this is all open back like here. brown or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, like, yeah. tan color. Very. Yeah. I mean, it looks nice. I assume Dave Jarvis did a nice job with it, whoever. Um, oh, is he working anywhere? He is the guy that, he's like their he's like the, woodworking the man. Guy. Yeah, he's their construction guy. So he's that. always building stuff and doing, you know, he built a, hell, he's got some nice shelves like these that they built in their uh, practice right. space down there. Yeah, yeah. Did you do these, by the way? I did not do these. These were here before. I am And I, so I feel jealous. like I know Dave Jarvis somehow. I don't yeah. know how. He's one of these dudes who's just been around in a, he used to play Mellow Bravo he's been in like a bunch of bands over the years um, we're friends on he's Facebook awesome. and, I, and yeah. I have no idea who he is like yeah actually like and, face I, to face. and like yeah, the yeah. people I know on Facebook are only really the people I know yeah sure sure you know? so yeah. it's like he was just like uh, it is weird yeah 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 and I was like oh he's in Bridgeburg alright yeah. yeah fine yeah well, there you go. that's cool they live downstairs <laughs> yeah. they're on the first floor here um, yeah so that was cool that was a fun little bit of nostalgia actually, so I mean like did you what do you think about where you are? I, did, it's did you see this? I, I mean, absolutely, I absolutely did not see this. I did not see this coming. Like it's so, I still feel guilty somehow walking into like a functioning operation, like walking into a band with a manager that does like bus tours and shit. Like we just played Australia. I mean, not just played, but in February we played Australia and New Zealand. I was like, we played Japan in November. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it's I, crazy. I mean, you know, and it's like in my head, I tell myself I kind, I, I, maybe not earned it, but I worked for it in sure different ways. I mean, like when I started, it's funny because we're talking about that Newberry Comics where I, where I met you. That is, um, I got fired from that Newberry Comics because I went on my first tour as a sound guy, and Sean O'Brien was like literally said said you you kind of got to make a choice here, man. Like you can either go on this five week tour. Or you can stay here, and you, you know you got to kind of think about it. And I was like, I don't think I do have to think about it. But also, fuck that dude. Oh, definitely fuck that dude. But I had always that been. Sucks. I was like, dude, it's Newberry. Like my cousin Greg, Greg Weeks in the Red Cord. He worked at the Braintree Newberry Comics when I was like a little kid. I mean, that was part yeah. of the appeal of Newberry that Comics. Was you could at least half of the appeal. Back. Yeah, I was like, a. I love the store because I've been going here forever and asking for the gift certificates yeah. for Christmas every year and shit like that. So it was yep. cool when I. And I applied a few years in a row, and then it was finally like, we can make a, make, make some room and for you. And you got the job. And I got the and job. And you were like, fuck. This I know, and I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I came from CVS retail to Newberry Comics retail, which, which is was like... more or less the same It's shit. essentially the same, like, gr- group of tasks. The yeah, same, yeah. like, things are involved. Same stresses yeah. and whatever, but... But yeah, I just thought that was so weird. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Then I guess I gotta, I guess I, I guess I have to quit. You know what I mean? And that I mean, was the 2010. That was the first tour. Is that one of the best decisions you've ever made? I would say it probably has to be. But what I was gonna say, what brings me back to feeling like I earned it or what, or not, like, it's a douchey way to say it, but no, no, feeling no, no, like no. I worked for it or whatever was like, those first few tours, I mean, I was making... 300 bucks a week like sleeping on hardwood floors and shit so even though I wasn't the guy playing in the band making no money I was like sweating it out with those guys yeah, like yeah, e- yeah. eating shit with everybody else and I mean I did years of that I did that that was Red Chord you know and they were at a point like they were they were like kind of winding down so we would get you know we put five people in a hotel room and I remember sharing a bed with like guy who I didn't I didn't know guy from a hole in the wall the singer yeah. of the band there mm-hmm. and I remember I just like distinctly remember like Literally, like sharing a bed with a stranger and then like rolling over and like t- 
touching him in the middle of the night and then just being like, oh, like, oh shit. Like, that was weird. Like, I, you know, did not expect Never that. Never happened. Yeah, exactly. Never like, happened. that was strange. And then I held him and he held me. No, yeah, but it was hey, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, gets exactly, through. yeah. It gets lonely out there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So that was that. And then I did a couple tours um, off and on with like Revocation. And that was even a little bit smaller than that. I mean, I was still making 300 bucks, 350 a week. It was the kind of thing where it was like, what do you need to cover rent? And I was like, well, how about rent, yeah, so you're paying rent, rent when you're plus away. a little bit? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was like, yeah, maybe. And at least both of those bands would tip tip out at the end, which was cool. But I was still agreeing to go away for a month and make 1100 1200 bucks or some shit like that, which when I think about it, at the time it wasn't cr- my rent was only 600 bucks like it was fine yeah. but then shoestring budget yeah then also we were seven people in a six bedroom house oh, <laughs> in shit. lower alston was this yeah was this was this what's the street uh hooker street hooker yep. street yeah exactly hooker street bar mm-hmm. fuck the hooker street bar which to my knowledge might even still be in operation are you serious boss the dude that runs it runs it quote unquote the dude jesse and i were wondering if that's still happening i'm fairly certain that it is yeah awful enough there mm-hmm. is a sitcom on tv now that's just a neighborhood bar really yeah. like in like an, a house bar like, like a house that? bar yeah. yeah they made a sitcom on that really yeah based on bosses based, like, based, yeah. based on fucking i mean uh, hooker street bar if you think about it it's like I, I was probably stoned one day but i had this revelation walking around i was like pub public house public house yeah it's just a house <laughs> where you bring the public into your house and give them food and alcohol this is cr- like i thought about exploded. doing that yeah so that's every, what every it is the public house fucking trump supporters yeah oh yeah yeah don't yeah get out yeah, <laughs> yeah get off my lawn <laughs> definitely don't come in my house yeah, yeah exactly yeah um that's that's funny yeah hooker street i saw but, you guys I saw, I saw you guys downstairs in the basement there yeah man yeah dude that was so fun i remember looking dude i met half of most of the roommates in that house i met in line at college graduation so my good friend max levy who plays in zip tie handcuffs um he used to play in uh, bacchus king with kevin who is one of the singers in cask mouse that's kind of how i met all those guys um like literally levy somebody else and then johnson he was like a person in front of me in line and i was like hey man you seem cool like i'm i got this i got i'm trying to get this house i just need to get like six other people together there's gonna be like basement shows and like it's pretty gross but it's gonna be cool and he was like fuck yes like i was like okay cool now we got two like do you know anybody and like we just started putting people together so it was like a bunch of it was me and and essentially six people that i didn't really know at all um one or two dudes i'd like met and sort of knew like very minimally just from, from AI um, we were all AI students at that point or graduating but in the house so. how successful was it that house I mean it in, was I mean not only in yeah, roommate terms but yeah. like in like the actual well, idea of it it was and it's funny because I remember looking at it with Kata Medeiros when when we went to look at the house and she oh, really? was like absolutely you guys just fucking across from Dave's house yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but I walked in and she was like I why no are we why are we here absolutely not and i was just like i mean of course it's gonna be a shithole it's only like you know however yeah. two grand or whatever that was probably like a two, two million dollar contract yeah well what's funny is i went so two things there it was it was definitely successful yeah. we it was sick you could just go downstairs and play drums i actually worked on you know i'm talking about making shit on a laptop i mm-hmm. kind of worked on like 
okay, I'm only got, I can only record two mics at once. Let me like put a couple around the drum kit, try to make them sound good, or let me like learn how to tune drums. Like I, I use this bass, and there was actually like a little um, a little isolation booth, like a control room from when it was a studio at some point. Oh shit, yeah. Um, but we ripped it down. So that do we you remember who? Do you ever find out was, who was in, um, that, in that house? Oh, what is that band? They were like a a a, a, a ska reggae kind of band. Um, and the dude later joined the Stray Bullets. Like, I feel like Big D people were in and around that house at the time. So crazy. God damn it, Jameson. What the hell was this band's name? Um, I don't know. Hmm. He was in Stray Bullets after that. I forget. But it was, it was a kind of thing where, like, we didn't necessarily know who moved out. Um, except for this one guy, Jameson, that I kind of knew was another bass player. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was wild. I mean, there was, there was, like, holes drilled from the first floor to the second so that people could run mic cables and shit it was so cool and like i remember when we were first moving in like hanging out in the stoop out front and there was like this old lady who used to walk her dog and you know how people start to look like their dogs after a while (laughs) they were like a matching pair it was a fluffy dog like fluffy lady it was funny but um she was like oh yeah you boys look right at home you know this has been like a rock and roll house since the 70s. There's always been bands and everything so in there. Cool. I was just like, this is like, oh my God. It was, I was like, this is going to be great. Guys, yeah. You know? And it was, it was cool. Um, I did two years there. The first year was a little better than the second year. It was just like, you know, people stop. Two years, that's short. It is short, but man, it felt longer than two years. Did it's it? the kind of thing, you know. We had the landlord come by because people stopped paying rent or like one, one dude stopped paying rent and then we would kind of pay the rest of it. And then the guy was like, you can't do that. That's not how it works. Like, this is not how it works. You can't pay 90% or 80% of the rent, you know? So he came by and he, you could tell he was looking around like he'd never even been in the friggin' house. And I was like, yeah, well, we all decided, um, you know, because there's actual literal rats living in, not mice, but rats now. And also, the power will flicker, and it, like, blew up my stereo receiver and stuff. Like, the place is getting kind of dodgy. And the yeah, guy yeah. was like, well, you still have to pay rent. And, like, so the last... Right, that's fine, but don't bother yeah, Exactly. The last, like, four months were basically that. It was like, no one did any dishes. It was a total Whoa. shit show. It, and that was basically the state that we got the apartment in. You could tell <laughs> that it had been through some shit. And there yeah, was, yeah. like, two dogs living there before. It was a, that's why Kata you know ran for the hills it was like this is disgusting but it was successful we had a bunch of really cool basement shows one i was on tour for but um i think it was like ketman when they were still a band i forget or maybe i'm mixing up my shows now but there was um this guy cliff who used to throw like like dj parties there and he had a guy djing in the living room and then an actual like dj set downstairs and when it the party this sounds like this legend of hooker street and it sucks because i wasn't there but like it got broken up and there were just hundreds like i don't know if he flyered for it or what but there were hundreds of people and this was before uber and stuff so there were just cabs lined up down hooker street and everyone you know it's a dead-end street so everyone's trying to get by each other and everyone's hailing cabs and it was just like a just sounds like this complete and utter shit show which is what the house excelled at you know those fucking like, rock houses yeah I, I was in one and it was probably one of the better times of my life. I, so right much yeah so yeah much fun. it's hard not to and i think even just having like a bunch of roommates there's just if you're even remotely on good terms like there's something fun enough to do like almost every day you know oh, what sure. I mean? whether you're playing video games or you're like going out we would skateboard around this little like track in the <laughs> playground like just stupid shit there was just always something to do yeah. you know riding my bmx bike around in the house and shit like that you know but it's funny just last thing i'll say about that house is um after i moved out i like ordered some t 
t-shirts. We were like silk screening t-shirts or something for for Nasty, another band. Nasty, yeah, exactly. Holy shit. I was like, I forgot about that one. one. Yeah, exactly. That is like we'll like we'll come up every now and then and jam that stuff. And I've actually been trying to get on those guys recently. To just it's just a, it's a fun little. Those songs are great. That band was fucking awesome. I it's wish definitely. I mean that and the country band. Like I don't. It's yeah. unlike you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a straight up indie rock band, and they were the they Nasty was the first band, and I mean they were really good friends of mine. But they were the first band that I saw that didn't have a bass player. That I was like, I'm gonna, I would love to force myself into this band, <laughs> and that's essentially what happened. Yeah, which is I've been doing it I know. for the next last exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> literally just inviting my uninvited, just walking into things, being like, can I do? Can I be in your band? You know, but I play bass. Yeah, exactly. I play some bass, dude. And, but they had known that because we I knew them from the South Shore, so we grew up together. Like Jordan's high school band would play Jordan, with my high shit. school yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and he has a fucking great band called Spelling. It's actually Nassie, Nassie with a different bass player, my buddy Paul, who used to play in bands with them. It's been this like tumultuous little thing yeah. for so long. Um, so that's cool. That's still that's still a thing. But that's neat. Uh, and yeah, we, we would practice. Oh, I, I know what I was gonna say. Um, so I ordered some shirts. Uh, they got sent to the old house, and I went there to pick them up. And it was the first time, like, I was just gonna walk in, and the door was locked. And I was like, "This is Wait odd." A, what? So like, I knock, and then like someone, you know, they like pull the curtain aside to look who it is, and I'm like, "Fair enough. You don't know who the hell's coming to your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. We should probably have locked our door also." But what? It's Austin. I had the padlock on my bedroom door. It was fine. But um, so anyway, so they open the door, and I'm like, "Hey, I think I had some stuff shipped here by accident." And I'm looking around them. And they've painted over. There was this like sick graffiti, like really cool graffiti going down the whole staircase. I remember that, yeah. And like some cool shit in the living room, and it was just like like starch white, just like mm-hmm. you know they they threw up a fresh coat of paint and all that. And they were this sounds this sounds like I'm making this up, but I shit you not the the dude that let me in and this other guy were like had like a whiteboard on the wall. They were literally doing like math problems, some sort of advanced math. And I was just, I'm looking at them, like, writing on the whiteboard, like, talking about physics, and I'm looking at the lack of graffiti, and I was just like, what have you done? Like, you know (laughs) what I mean? This was like, it was like the end of that chapter, like I'm saying, which might have gone back to the 70s. Like, it might have been the first normal people to live in the house. I mean, that's crazy. So, I I mean, I think, I think, (laughs) there's something that, there's a line that's been going through, well, a couple of things that you've talked about, just Mm -hmm. like... The, sh- the studios shutting down and then mm. this and then trying to find where you're going to put your studio like yeah how do you feel about like the the like <laughs> envelopment or like yeah. contraction envelop envelopment not development yeah. is a great choice of words in, right there um I mean, it's hard to talk about this and not sound curmudgeonly. And I know, I, and, I, and I think honestly, I've yeah. I've talked about this a lot. So yeah. I just, I I sound more curmudgeon than you. So you yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where like, and I mean, it sucks because now I have this sort of bias as a homeowner in Brighton. I'm like, well, I'm like Boston Landing. Well, my property values went up thirty. I was gonna say, I you mean, know what I mean? Like, it sucks and it drives me nuts. And this very room that we're sitting in is not going to be here in two years. Yeah, they've um, already they've already yep. have they like, out of, yeah they already have a new place. It, which I heard is it off, on off Harvard, Harvard. That sounds really cool because it does. that is like a wasteland. Like it's like auto body shops or something back yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. To, to me, it's always seemed like like I think Dan Dan G had a studio. There was some sort of a studio or mm-hmm. is a studio Dan or something Wallace. in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I, that information is like five years old, though, so I have no, I have no <laughs> idea. But um, that's the closest thing to anything I've heard actually going on back there. But mm-hmm. I know there's some sort of like a building. That there's would, a building, but yeah. So, so if you go to Mr. Music and yeah, that, that weird that antique ch- store on the side, you the, go to the yeah, corner there and yeah. you look down the alley. Yeah, there's that building right there. The Have Nots. That's the band that Jameson, who worked at Cheap Chic. The bass player used to live in Hooker Street. I, it, I came full circle to that. But okay, cool. So it's that building back it's there. It's that building, yeah. 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 Supposedly, so this building is going to be condos or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like... The whole stop and shop is going to be raised. That's what I heard. They're going to knock that whole... Yeah, I mean, this is all going to be one yeah. huge fucking condo. Yeah, yeah. To me, I mean, on the one hand, I'm like... It's a city. It's urban development. This shit is unavoidable. It's I agree. Unavoidable. I mean, that's a good point. But choosing a neighborhood like wisely in developing that and and developing it like to me, my uneducated viewpoint on this whole thing is it seems to me like they're like leapfrogging. It's like you went from dive bars and practice spaces to like high rise, like high end condominiums, and mm-hmm. it's like you're displacing a whole. There is no like, place for the artist to go. Yeah, it's which is insane to me. And, and actually, speaking of that, I saw the South End has some really sick um, limited income like artist oh, loft really? things, Interesting. which are literally they look like those same high rises. But if you make more than like, if you're a single earner making over like fifty, you can't live there. And if it's like a dual. Uh, two, two, two household, whatever you call it, you collectively can't make more than like seventy or something. So it's like it's pretty tight. Ca- like yeah, this, this, if you're one person, okay, cool. But as soon as you like have a spouse, it seems kind of crazy. But well, like least- honestly, making that much money when I was like twenty four oh or twenty five, yeah, yeah. like in a in a yeah. whatever fucking band, yeah, I was making like. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, honestly, I haven't, I don't know about you, but I haven't gotten tremendously far from, you know, (laughs) the old. I mean, honestly, this is the first time in my life where I feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I'm 41. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first time. Yeah. If we, if it weren't for this band and I was grinding it out at the Paradise still, Mm -hmm. like, it would be fine. But this is the first time also that I've just sort of been like, this, okay, cool. Like, I can take a a deep breath now. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's okay, you know? you're, You're young. Th- you know? 33, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah you're yeah. fucking young, so that's um, pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you, are you... That's, again, getting... Uh, that's just something I'm not taking for granted in, yeah. in this most remote, slightest I mean, sense I'm, I'm of happy, it at all. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's weird. I'm kind of getting back to the development thing. I, that's my only... I just think it's... And I mean, there's an answer to this question, but I'm like, whose idea was this? You know what I mean? It's like, you picked Alston to completely level raise to use your word and then just like and i mean i mean to that point they're not going to knock down do re mi and put up like a half-ass condo but like at least put up like a brick apartment please get rid of do re mi i know exactly (laughs) r.i.p but like you know where's like the brick apartment building that you can fit a bunch of people in like it's all these like glass really high-end condos that it's like but honestly that is that is one of the benefits of like touring is you get to f- you fucking end up everywhere at some point in every single city every single city is going through exactly what we're going through right really? now in a very similar way hmm. it's it's and i mean vancouver where i just was over the weekend it's maybe the worst san francisco is the worst but say, yeah these are two, at least maybe maybe in canada they both suffer from the same thing which is essentially a huge opiate epidemic and no one 
gives a single shit about them. So you've got people like ODing and shitting on the sidewalk and stuff and stepping over needles to get into your million dollar condo. And you get up and you're like, it's safe, fancy and safe. It's such here. a weird dichotomy. It's you know? insane to me. Because yeah. everything you associate with like million dollar condos and everything is like yeah. clean streets. And yeah, it's, it's the no whole crime. Package. But like yep. now, because of where they are and the. Yeah. the the demographics and yes. you're talking about like the, you know, the drug epidemic. It's like yeah. they have to commingle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's how, it's how, odd seeing the disp- how far in each direction it is. Like the in, in San Francisco is unique because you know, I mean, all the obvious series, Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Apple, it's all there. It's yeah. all there. Everybody wants to be there. So you do comfortably because you're making I heard that the like min um low income earner like the line is something like a hundred k like if you make not a, even four hundred k oh my god that's four hundred k that's psychotic I cannot even imagine ever making four hundred k no after the idea like of making years and years k yeah yeah is is maybe <laughs> yeah. in the grass yeah. If if uh, you know the the economy keeps improving yeah and, like yeah. your wages go up like you know accordingly. But that whole thing, and I mean, even, even okay, so here, okay, we don't have a bunch of junkies in the street. In Alston, I mean, we have plenty. Things are fucking weird. But yeah. you're still going to... You don't see as much of it. You don't see as much of it. It's not as prevalent. It's yeah. not like literally, it's not like um, like in, in Southie, like Melnea Cass area, where there are droves, hundreds, like it's fucking disgusting and crazy and sad down there. It's really weird. But you don't have that here. But you still have, okay, I got a, a million dollar condo and I still have to come down and step over college puke. You know what I mean? It's, you're still, you're in the student ghetto. You know what I mean? Like, why? It is, it's strange how, I mean, when, when I, when I, and I, I'm sure that you understand it and, and knew it when you were living here. Mm-hmm. You were living in Austin. I know, I lived in Austin maybe like four or five years before you did. Okay, sure. Yeah, so yeah. like, but still like. It hadn't changed. Yeah. It was I still the same. 2006, like, I moved in, and it was like, this is great. You know, and yeah. I had come in and visited or ridden my BMX bike around the few right. years until I moved in here, and I was like, this is exactly what I want, you know? It was the same town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and on the surface right now, without including this area, which yeah. for which is hard to ignore because for the longest time, for 20 sure. years, yeah. all this shit down here was like undeveloped. Yeah, just this old, neighborhood too. It was, yeah. yeah, nothing. No, like, yep. Empty warehouses, yep. nothing. Squatters. Yeah. A lot yeah. of squatters. You know, so to see... Interesting. If you ignore this area, mm-hmm. on the surface, Austin kind of looks the same. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's... And that's exactly it on the surface. You start but to it's look... it's not. Yeah. I just wonder... I mean, I get that... that I think that is my whole point, is like... Like, who... Who is this housing for? Like, who would want to pay that and live here? And honestly... I see a lot of like rich students coming out of Boston Landing. I'll see the kids that go in and out of that apartment. They mm-hmm. that huge complex over there. They a are kids and b are clearly well off. So like I picture, you go to BU, a dorm costs this. You're rich. You know, a uh, nice ass condo is actually probably not that much mm-hmm. more month to month. You know what I mean? I don't know how you like would do a short-term lease or something like that but it's like i'm telling there are they're like students so it's gone from student ghetto over you know denby rug road and all that or you know <laughs> rug road. or even i'm sorry further what am i looking for um gardner in that mm-hmm. area yeah um to like this stuff. it's just so weird to me and like i can't put my finger on exactly it but well i don't know it's strange I mean, you lived here i think in the time that obviously when i wasn't living here and mm-hmm. I, I really felt like 
that type was coming in. Okay, sure, sure. You could sort of see the t- change to yeah, the tie changing. Yeah, really a fucking shitty for yeah. you to say. Um, no, but... Which is fine. I don't that's know, a fact. You, I don't you're really care. aware of something, you know what I mean? A, a change. Yeah. yeah, and first of all, like, I'm, I'm a white fucking man. Sure. Like, and I was never, like, poor. Like, yeah. I, I definitely was a time when I was living in Alston where I yeah. was making... $23,000 a year. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. Know. Which is poor. <laughs> which, which I was still, but I follow. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But still, I wasn't poor. Yeah, I'd yeah, still yeah. eat. I yeah, wasn't supporting yeah. anybody. Yeah, you're just not myself. I could still buy beer and yeah. whatever. Yeah. But seeing, like, people step out of their fucking Mercedes or yep. or whatever, and, and this is definitely just, like, there's nothing, I'm, I'm not basing this on anything. Sure. Just, just your experience. Just experience. What you're seeing. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I never really when I looked at that I really never thought I'd see the continuation of it like I thought it would die that's out. a good point yeah sure or like kind of stay the same yeah, but not yeah, ramp yeah. up dramatically right yeah. um did you foresee this I I definitely did not because again to me what the fuck is out here we're not near downtown well, that's the thing. There's it's, nothing here. We're on a college campus, essentially. You know what I mean? I mean, Alston is at least, like, a bit off the beaten path. But, like, we're a college... It's, like, between... B- and BC is obviously further down, but can't help but think but that's my, what this yeah. area is for. You know what I mean? Not to say, like, it's for young people. I, I tell you, my experience when I first moved in, I thought it was the coolest fucking thing. There's a bunch of, like weirdo band arty people you know alston rock city that alston demographic rock city, which you know is, what i mean which is probably gone now yeah exactly like alston like yacht rock city or something <laughs> i don't know but i i thought yeah okay there's people like me here i'm living with bu students that i'm i'm sort of like st- sticking my nose up at these guys not my actual roommates are very nice people but like their group of people and i would go to their like college parties and shit and just be like you guys are shitheads. This is, <laughs> this is this is Boston University. Like, I'm getting I'm getting the full experience here, you know. But good for you. And then you're over here in this little area, and that's cool. You guys are doing you, you know, like great, neat. And then you know, people kind of from all walks of life, you know. There's like big Latino community. There's a big Asian community. Like I just thought it was this really cool, like almost melting pot. Like there was. And I mean, like say, obviously, I'm a white person from the woods on the South Shore. Same with me. Pretty yeah. much. 96% of our, you know, people, our neighbors and students and fellow humans that we grew up with, like, kind of all look like us. It was cool being like, wow, this is neat. This is different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm sure that's still there. You know what I mean? Like, people still have to work, like, the jobs, you know what I mean? That the fancy BU kids don't want to work, you know what I mean? So, like... Well, that's the thing, yeah. But, like, I feel like there was a huge Korean part of this town for yeah, a long, yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah. And it's still there. Yeah. I just, I'm concerned, like, I worried that it's going to disappear. That's, yeah, exactly. And it's, like, not to, like, be weird about it, but you can see that there are, like, buildings and areas where, like, like, um... You know, there's kind of like a little Brazilian stretch near like Bright Music Hall and stuff, and you can just like see these guys and stuff around, and I'm like, this is. I hope you guys don't go away. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, is well, it the whole like, thing's just gonna be whitewashed? You like know what I mean? This, this place moving yeah. over to there yeah. is right in the heart of yeah. the Korean part of Boston. It seems like we we're actually talking about this the other day. Like, it's as sick of a location as this is. It seems like it's gonna be even a little better down the street. It doesn't seem like it's gonna be a bad thing when the building moves. No, no. Knock on wood. As long as we all get rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they say everyone's going to be fine. That's what I've heard. I've heard yeah. that they're not, and I mean, this is like third-hand information, but I heard that they also weren't really 
like they're not giving out new leases in this mm -hmm. building yep. because they're guaranteeing everyone that has a lease to get a room at the new space, yep. which is awesome. And I talked to someone who was at the meeting. Oh, cool. And they said that is exactly what you just said. Okay, that's awesome. Someone who came in here and did an interview. Cool, okay. So, who was that? Uh, the fuck's his name? Ed. He was in um, a bunch of emo bands. He was big in like the Worcester Rogers group with WAG. Hmm. The fuck band was oh, he Oh, WAG, all right. Somebody I'm going to cut this out. Okay, that's fine. Because so, yeah, I, I don't remember one of my guests. But. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. You? I couldn't remember my friend's name whose band I just saw two days ago. So <laughs> that's fine. You know. What do you think? Um, this is good. I don't know. Is it too roundabout? Did I finish anything? No, Did I, I, finish I, any thoughts? I thought yeah. it was great. Cool. I thought we had awesome. like some really awesome, like yeah. frank conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good this topics. Cool. Yeah. It was nice to see you. You too. You too. You look good. Thanks. You look great. How's the... Uh, <laughs> I want you to repurpose something for me, but I haven't figured out what yet. I keep buying furniture from Wayfair like a douchebag. You know, <laughs> well, um, you know, hey, whatever, whatever fucking floats your boat. Yeah. You know, hey, I don't care. Their shit comes damaged, though. You know what I've learned about them is I got some shelves the other day, and they came, like, pretty scratched up. Like, it was, like, just poorly packaged. And they were like, what do you want, a partial refund, a partial replacement, or, like, a full replacement? And I was just like, sure, a full replacement. And they're like, no need to send back the other one. Check Just when throw you're... those right That's the what trash. they said. They said, check when your city's trash day is. And then they sent me an entirely new set of shelves. And I was like, well, I'm just going to use these ones that are lightly scratched in this other thing. I was like, <laughs> how do you make... What? Who's... What? Yeah, like, well, it's... So, uh, we uh, are on Wayfair. Okay. So if you want... Oh. If you want, If you want a mantle... Whoa. Okay. We are on uh, Wayfair. Neat. That's they, awesome. They really fucking chased after us. Cool. They did. They yeah. They came to you guys. They came to us. That's gonna be a good sign though. That's cool. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I fought tooth and nail. Just like we're better than I was that like, kind no, of no, shit. No, 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 no. Not even that. I was yeah. just like, I don't want to fucking do this. Just because like having to deal with orders and stuff. Yeah. Or what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that better than this. Yeah. Yeah. Not. yeah. Like was like this. I is mean, like Walmart, dude. We're like whatever. Yeah, Who yeah. gives a fuck? Yeah, I mean, we're trying to sell shit here, right? Yeah. I mean, we're just trying to. It. I work in fucking more or less. I work in retail. Yeah. Yeah. But of a cool. Oh well, yeah, I mean, it's not Newberry. Yeah. Uh, right. So, I mean, but I understand there's still a product. Yeah, there's still a product. Yeah. There's yeah. still something I'm selling. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, they chased after us, and I, I was like, I was really like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. I don't yeah. want to do it. I yeah. Do it, and they were just like, but yeah, but, you should really but, do it. And yeah. I was like, and I'm like, fine, all right, we'll do it. Yeah. And then we just got our first order. That's cool. Okay. That's awesome. It's going to fucking, like, Tennessee or some shit. Really? Like, yeah. Seriously? Dude, it was so funny. You it's, can't find yeah. a piece of wood down there? I know, exactly, exactly. Like, you know what we do, right? Yeah, yeah like... Um, but no, they can't. They can work their they, they, internet like, browser <laughs> and go, yeah. well, I want that one. Right. You know? So, but then that's cool because then you guys make money off someone else's laziness. You know what I mean? That's cool. <laughs> and hopefully they're really happy with it. And then they're I hope like, so. this worked out. This is great, you know? Yeah. Well, um, cool. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. I yeah, appreciate it. It was great. Great talking to you. This is a lot of fun.